This episode of the Nerdball Podcast is sponsored by Jake Paluski at Real JP Multimedia. He does the music for this podcast. He has produced this podcast. If you need anything audiovisual done, he is the man to see at realjp.com, R-E-E-L-J-P.com. Let's start the show. This is Matt Kriegel, and this is the Nerdball Podcast. The Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. All right, Coach. Thanks for, for coming on my podcast. You were one of the first uh, interviews I had. I think you were number four, and now I'm on. You are number ninety eight. So, wow. Uh, yeah, it's it went really fast, and uh, it's exciting that I'm getting close to one hundred. So, yeah. <laughs> um, the first thing I'm gonna have you do, uh, just like I have all my guests do, is. What is something you've been really into lately? Something you've been nerding out about? Uh, if it's a projects around the house, if it's uh, if it's a particular movie series or television or or anything, it just can't be about your job. But what's something you you've been really into lately? Um, I, I I all along I've been really into little woodworking projects. That's kind of after coaching how I've filled my time and some big woodworking projects. We, uh, you know, we did a big remodeling job in our upstairs and then basically we moved our downstairs laundry upstairs. And after we did that, I had to, what used to be the laundry room made that into a food pantry. So, um, that, and, um, you know, the, the process of doing that, I, I tend to overdo the woodworking. <laughs> um, we've got a shelf in our pantry that I made out of big two inch live, wo- uh, live edge Oak. Okay. That could have been some kind of cheap material, but <laughs> I wanted to do it that way. So uh, I, that's kind of what I've been doing here lately is building a lot of stuff. So are these, uh, well, first of all, I think it's funny that you're building a, uh, what seems to be a bigger area for food when you're losing kids to other other residences. It's my, my wife's dream all along in this house is to knock out the kitchen and make it the kitchen she's always wanted. So okay. that was kind of the first step. All right. Uh, now, are, are these projects, uh, are these like, hey, I want to do this? Or are these like, hey, can you do this? No, it's, it's hey, I want to do this. It, it's there are things I like doing and yeah you know I kind of sit around and think about it and, and the girls always make fun of me because I stand around with my hands on my hips looking at whatever I'm working at they call that the dad stance oh, that's also the coaching stance I know yeah I same thing <laughs> yep I'm sure you guys made fun of me the same way so um yeah it's just it's it's kind of been a hobby but something I had time for in short spurts in the past that now I've got a lot of time to do. Have you noticed that you're getting better at all this stuff because of the time that you have? I know it's, it's oh, only without a doubt. Here, but yeah. without a doubt. Um, it, over the years, I've gotten better tools, you know, yeah. that you, you kind of upgrade you know, the, the saws and the different tools that you have and just little techniques that you learn along the way, how to, how to cut things straight and get things to line up and, um, it, it's something that takes a lot of patience. You can't yeah. just slap it together. You got to think it through and, and 
that's kind of what I like about it. I like when I, when I have to work on new project projects specifically for the tool thing, because I don't, uh, all the tools I got were hand-me-downs or I worked at places that uh, were getting new tools. So they were all old tools and half sets of stuff. So just, just this past weekend, I was excited because I, I needed a paddle bit to make a hole in a piece of wood for cords to go through. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to get a paddle bit. And then I found a whole kit with like a bunch of drill bits and uh, concrete bits and all different kinds of stuff. And I was like, look, I came home to Andrea. I'm like, look, all this for oh, yeah. $30. Look at this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Harbor Freight tools. You can yeah. get drill bits, all that stuff. And unfortunately, Amazon advertises it to me. Yeah. So, you know, that it automatically makes suggestions, things that you should be spending your money on. And of course I do. So, yeah. That makes it even worse. Um, do you, because your your daughters are older, uh, well, Riley's in junior high, right? Is she junior high? No, no she's your, a sophomore in high school. Oh, my gosh. Where have I been? She's 16, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> How'd that okay. happen? Okay, so so she's, well, she's almost done. And, and do you, uh, has it been easier as like one left and then another one kind of left and doing her own thing? And is it? Do you think it's easier as they get older when they leave, or is it always the same? Like, oh man, this kind of kind of sucks and kind of cool at the same time. Um, I don't think it ever gets easier. You know, um, they're your kids, and I don't know. Maybe there's some people that don't. I'm sure there are, but oh, you yeah. kind of want to have them around forever. Yeah, and it's just not the way it works out. Um, you'll run into this the 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 day Maddie was the oldest, and the day she left for Ohio university was way harder than I thought it was going to be. And it was football season. Mm -hmm. Um, we were in two a days and you know, it was before COVID and everything. And I was just overboard busy. And it was one of those things I, I tried not to put too much thought into it, but it, it hit me just about as hard as it hits most people. And, yeah. and her and Jen took off with a truckload of stuff and, you know, but once that happens, they're gone. Now, you know, she graduated and came back home and then Ellie moved out and you go through all that as a parent, but that never gets easy. Um, yeah. And I suppose me having all daughters that, that probably makes it different. I'm not, I'm not sure my dad felt the same way when it was ready. <laughs> time for me to go, but <laughs> yeah, having all daughters, it's not easy. Um, yeah. but you also get to the point in life where, you know, you've only got so much time to start working towards retirement and, you know, they're kind of squatters right now. Let's move on to things and get out of here. Well, I, I, I just, uh, I just interviewed Chelsea Westfall and I was her, I, we talked about her living situation for probably half the episode because it's her, both her younger brothers are all at home. Uh, and it's, to me, it's so fascinating to be all adults and then to be at home with your parents again. And it, it is a, it's, I mean, I, I moved out when I was, I think, I don't know, 20 and I'd never been back. So I don't know that like, Hey, I lived on my own. Now I'm back, mm -hmm. but it, it's gotta be, um, it, it, as a kid, it, it feels good. Like, well, I can, I know I can go back, but also I know in my mind, I didn't want to go back. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, when I graduated from Bowling Green, um, I actually, before I graduated, I had to student teach and do some things. So I moved home for that. And then I, I lived at home 
for about a year or so, and then got a house in Toledo with two lifelong friends that just turned into a whole lot of nonsense. And, and again, my parents, I, I, I don't think they quite wanted me around any longer, but then again, for me to move off with these two guys and them have to worry about the shenanigans we were getting into. I'm not sure how they liked that either, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I enjoyed my twenties. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're there for. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I tell my daughters the same thing that yeah. you, you get one shot at your twenties, you know, take some trips, go do some things you wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. Enjoy life right now. Yeah. When, when kids come along and responsibility and everything else that changes the whole game for you. Yeah. And speaking of kids coming along, you had mentioned about retiring and, hey, you know, girls, let's, let's move out of here. We got retirement stuff to do. To, to me, it seems like such a – and I, I'm, obviously it wasn't an easy one. But to be coaching for as long as you have, your, your, as long as you did, your daughters grew up you, with you as a varsity football coach, and then to retire when you did, when they were uh, – I don't want to say like like – done being your kids but done being little like they they're yeah. grown and they can do things what what was the mindset in in that because i can see like ah, i'm gonna coach for five years and my kids are still 10 and, and seven or i think i'm gonna be done because i want to do all these things and maybe i'll get get back into coaching on the back end um yeah the number one thing was i wanted to i wanted to go out on my terms when I was still having success yeah, and, and you know, my last season, we won a league championship and went to the playoffs. That was a big check Mark. Yeah. And I also wanted the new coach who turned out to be Dirk. Um, I wanted to make sure that things were in place for him to have success. Mm-hmm. You know, over the years, we've seen guys that, you know, kind of leave the cupboard bare and, you know, I didn't want that to happen. So, um, I, I didn't, I wasn't dreading coaching at all. Uh, and people kind of asked me that that really wasn't the case. The case was, all right, this is, this is the best possible situation. If I'm going to go, I think this is a good time for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that kind of led to me making that decision. Um, and and COVID and Jen getting COVID and all those things that we talked about didn't help that situation at all. That kind of helped me but I, I've been very at peace with what I did because it worked out great for everybody. Worked mm-hmm. out great for me, worked out great for Dirk, the football program. I, I think the whole thing is in really good shape. My daughters took it way harder than I did. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, it was their childhood. It's, it's what they grew up with. Uh, the way we went about our, Friday through Sunday during football season has always been a big deal to them. And, and, you know, again, part of my decision was that that was going to change the, the older two were going to move on and do their own thing. Riley's a sophomore in high school, you know, it was, it was time to make that decision, but yeah, I think they took it a little bit harder than, than anybody. When did you know that you're like, yeah, this is my last season. Um, I would say the last few weeks of, of my last season, I, I going through the whole COVID process, nobody likes doing what we had to do. Mm -hmm. You know, if you remember 
all the different uh, protocols we had to go yeah. through and the countless meetings that I had to sit through and everything else. Um, but going into the last few weeks of the season and, um, you know, kind of flashing back a few months that spring, we got to spend a lot of time at our cottage, a lot of family yeah. time, some things that I hadn't had a chance to do in the past. And that all kind of figured in that, man, this is, this was an unbelievable good season. Um, you know, let's just leave it here and, and go out on a high note. Did would would you have and and maybe you don't know the answer, but would you do you think you would have retired if it if COVID wasn't a thing? That's hard to say. Okay. Um, because I because I, I know I, I know for for me I wasn't even a head coach. I know for me it was a pain in the butt. Like you said, dealing with everything yeah. and you know Jan getting it and all that stuff is is huge. But I it, it, like I said, it's a hard question to answer because that's not a reality. The the plan all along. Um, was to win another, I wanted to get another league championship or two, mm -hmm. you know, really leave things in good shape. Um, so, you know, that, that figured into it a lot, but it's really hard to say, um, without a doubt, COVID, COVID had a big, it had a lot of bearing on that. You know, it was just a, a tough thing to go through and it was time to try some new things. Yeah, uh, and that's I do want to talk about your the new thing you did this off season or this season um, yeah. was was part of that uh, that group uh, of well it was a, a, another former coach and yep. um, and you guys did basically like a pregame show um, how did that how did you get into that because uh, no offense uh, you're not uh, in front of the camera kind of guy you know no no um, when I retired. You know, I've, I've known various media guys around town for years. Uh, a few different guys mentioned to me, are you thinking about play-by-play, -play? you know, things like that. And my original answer was, I don't want any time commitment next fall. So no, that I'm, I'm going to go spend my time the way I want to. And then Justin Feldkamp con contacted me probably the beginning of last summer and said, hear me out, this is a college game day kind of kind of format. Um, it's basically an hour on Friday. And then you can go watch Perrysburg. You can go watch whoever you want to. You can leave. Um, it's not a huge time commitment. And so, you know, that really kind of per perked me up a little bit and, and made me interested. So we had a couple meetings. We sat down and talked. And, you know, I, I thought it was a good idea. I committed to that probably in the middle of last summer. So, you know, the, the former coach from our league, you know, Pat, who was a big rival of ours yeah, and yeah. he and I did not get along as coaches that there is, you know, everybody knows that we didn't yes. get along at all. Um, after I had already committed to going to BCSN, I had a meeting with Justin and the meeting went great. And at the end of the meeting, he, we went through, he said, okay, if there's somebody you cannot work with, who would it be locally? And <laughs> Pat was at the top of the list, which I also understand. I was at the top of Pat's list also. He couldn't sure. work with me. Yeah. And Justin just kind of dropped his head. <laughs> and I said, I said, you know what? Let me think about it. I'll give you, a, I'll give you an answer eventually. 
And I, you know, I had already made a commitment to him. And then after thinking about it, I thought I don't want, because Pat and I butted heads on the football field for me to miss out on an opportunity. It looks like a lot of fun. So yeah. I committed to it. And honestly, when you take, when you take that competitive thing out of it, 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 Pat and I got along fine. It was just two guys that have been around football for 30 some years talking football every week. Well, and you guys knew each other for a long time because you did you guys played together too, right? BG. Yeah, we're the same age. Yeah. Um, would he I never played against him in high school. He was okay. the quarterback at Whitmer and I played at Central Catholic. Um, but we are the same age, you know, obviously knew it, Whitmer was really good, Central was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then both of us ended up uh, getting scholarships to play at Bowling Green. So, you know, we were on the same team at Bowling Green for five years. So, um, and, and, you know, his dad's a, a very well-known coach in Toledo. I knew of his dad and mm-hmm. knew a lot of guys. I, I played in the North-South All-Star game with a, a teammate of his from Whitmer. And I, I knew a lot of guys from Whitmer. So, yeah, we've known each other for years. Um, it's when I heard that it was it was you and him, uh, just like you said, I'm like, man, how, uh, I know you're both grown men, but you still have what you have. You can't help that part. So I, I just think like, well, I, I guess they can, they'll make it work for an hour. Cause that's all it is. And, and, and that's honestly my, my original answer to Justin was, um, I can fake it. You know, I can sit there and make it work. And yeah. he said, I don't want you to fake it. This has to be, there <laughs> has to be some chemistry. I want this to work well. And honestly, after after we did it a few times, that's exactly what happened is, you know, we were professional about it and it turned into talking football and kind of feeding off each other. And it went great. Was there times during the season where that that came up a little bit, like just the the competitiveness coming back? No, uh, there was some good natured back and forth. Okay. We talked about a few things, you know, that, you know, happened throughout our coaching career. But um, I think both of us know enough not to not to push that button. Things are going fine. There's no reason to get competitive and and make that happen. So, um, you know, it's like I said, it's fun. You, You sit down and you talk football for an hour. And it's always it's always the big game of the week. So it's always a really good atmosphere and in it's good to get your football fix every week. Did you, do you, do you have to do research or anything for this program? Yep. Yeah, about an hour. Um, sometimes a little bit more a week. Okay. We have a production meeting at the beginning of the week. Um, he goes through who the matchup is kind of throws out some names. You know, it, it's easy to do the research now with huddle and, and everything mm-hmm. that's available. And you just research statistics and kind of watch a little bit of film just so you know specific athletes and names and who to talk about. And then you go from there. Um, he handles he handles the topics every week. Okay. You know, what we're going to talk about, you know, those kinds of things. So that part makes it easy. It, it looks like a lot of fun because that's it looks like uh, you have fun doing it. Um, I know I would have fun doing it even well for me. Um, I understand why you don't want to do play by play and that kind of stuff, because like you said, a time commitment, but that would be fun for me too. Like, like just yeah. still being in football and the knowledge. And I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure there was no shortage of people calling you, asking you to do it. Cause they know that you would be good at it. Yeah. The, the, most of them, they, 
kind of said, you were always a good interview. When we mm -hmm. came around and interviewed coaches, you were, you, you know, I gave them good information. So that, that kind of led to me doing this is it's football. It comes natural to, to me. I, yeah. I can just, you know, start rattling on and it, it, it just goes easy. So that's kind of how it went. Is, uh, is, is that going to continue for this fall too? Yeah. Yep. He asked us at the end of the season and both Pat and I said, yeah, this is a lot of fun. We'd like to do it again. You know, we went like 13 or 14 weeks. We went several weeks into the playoffs and had to travel a little bit, but you know, it was, it was fun. We got to go see some good football games. How much, uh, cause you were at, at several Parisburg games. Um, how much being at those games, how much did, did you miss just being able to do things like being able to affect the game? Um, at first I did, you know, it, at first it's just human nature to think through what you would be doing in this situation, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But after a few games, I kind of shut that off and just watched the game. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not coaching anymore. So <laughs> I, I don't need to do that. I just like watching the kids, watch the crowd, all the things. There are a lot of things that I didn't get a chance to pay attention to when I was coaching, you know, the, that big crowd of people in the end zone, I get to walk around and talk to people and, and see them. And, you know, the guys that cook the fried bologna sandwiches and the hamburgers over there that you get to pop in and see those guys. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Those, uh, those sandwiches are, I, I don't have fried bologna sandwiches ever. And except there after, cause after the game, there's always a bunch of extra. So we always oh, get them. <laughs> it, it is. It's a thing of beauty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, was there, um, or has there been since you stopped, since you retired from coaching, um, has there schools, has there been schools that called you and uh, engaged your interest in coaching? No, not at all. Oh, okay. and, and I think, I think I made that clear enough when I stepped away that this is it. And I think most of them know where I am, you know, I I'm on my 29th year of teaching at Perrysburg, I'm not going to jump ship and go to another school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't make as much money as I'm making now. And yeah. I've, I've just, I've got a big investment in Perrysburg. I, I'd never leave there now. So no, nobody is, nobody has approached me. I, uh, I have a former player, uh, a kid that I coached in the mid 1990s who coaches at East Carolina who texts me about once a month, a guy named Tim Doust, who says, when I get my first head coach's job, I'm offering you a job. And I keep telling him I'm retiring. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. So, but he's going to make his sales pitch. Um, you're talking about investing in Perrysburg and that's, you know, something, um, something I, I obviously do. My kids go here. I graduated from Perrysburg. We live in Perrysburg. Um, but it's also no secret that I want to be a head coach and, um, and the, and, uh, there's a lot of people that know, but maybe people don't know. I did interview for the Northview head coach job. Um, you knew that and I talked to you about it and, um, yeah. the hardest thing for me, and it was for Andrea too, like picturing, picturing, not wearing Perrysburg stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, and I know I, I've talked to you before, like I, I've asked you like, Hey, when you got the Perrysburg job, was there any other jobs? And you basically said, no, once I got here, I, this is where I want to be. 
Yeah, this, you know, when I took the job, nobody wanted it. Yeah, a lot of people tried to talk me out of it. But once we got going, it was just such a good situation, and the fact that Jen and I were both there, mm-hmm. and you know, Jen was kind of the the off the field mom to so many kids and that kind of thing. We just you know kind of made that our family and never thought about leaving. At this point, you know, somebody could offer me a lot of money to go make a move and it would be like, ah, this is kind of my home. I don't think I could do it, but Mm -hmm. I've also been your age where, you know, if you're going to make a move, this is the time to do it. Yeah. Um, it's never easy. No. And that, that was even, even my, even Lillian was like, wait, you're going to coach somewhere else. I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to, but, and she was already like, it didn't even happen. And she was upset about it. I go, it's, it'll be okay. Yeah, I I left a head coach's job at Toledo Bowser to take an assistant coach's job at Perrysburg. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you were there at the time. You were a sophomore. Mm -hmm. And way back then, that seemed like a really tough decision. And it was really hard to do emotionally. And now I think back, man, that was literally one of the major decisions I ever made in my life. I can't see myself doing anything else. So um, it, it turned out pretty good. Well, yeah, because we talked about before where there was a point where you weren't even going to coach at all. Like you were just going to yeah. be just teach. Yeah, it, it, you know, we went through a couple of years where we we weren't winning and it's so much work. And it, it was, you know, I always wanted a chance to do my system, to do my way of doing things. And it didn't look like I was going to get that opportunity. So my thinking was go out and get your master's degree and eventually work up to be an administrator and do something else. And, you know, then, then things kind of turned and I got the head coach's job. Um, is it, uh, cause you got that when you got the head coaching job, um, coach Frank was, was still there. Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, I would feel like it'd be hard to coach when the other, when the old head coach was there and it's got a, I mean, if everything goes smoothly, there's a lot of credit to the old head coach for that reason too, to kind of just let everything go. Roger did a great job helping me transition. Um, and you know, Roger, Roger had his system. He knew his, his X's and, X's and O's, his football. Mm-hmm. And for one reason or another, that didn't work great at Perrysburg where it did for a couple, you know, he, he had a couple really good seasons, but everywhere else he had outstanding success. Yeah. So, you know, one of the first things Roger said is, Hey, I understand you're the new guy. You're going to have to rake me over the coals a little bit to get your, your process started. And, you know, that, that wasn't something I really wanted to do, but I kind of appreciated him saying, whatever you've got to do, I'll help you out to get things going. You know, that was great. And then, you know, he had gone to uh, another school for a few years and came back and he coached on my staff for several years, which, which was awesome. He's a, he's a great football mind to have on your staff. Yeah. Well, even saying, cause, cause I know that, that being a new coach, you expect uh, being a player, you expect the new coach to be like, well, um, 
the the way you did it before was garbage or trash or whatever and yeah. and and that wasn't something you did as you said and that's the same thing with with uh Dirk like he he would say things and then have to tell him I'm not you know bashing what's what the previous what coach Kriegel did and the previous staff did I'm just letting you know what I want to do yeah yeah and you got to be very clear about that you you've got to do your style your system your personality and, you know, you know, Roger and I, we are night and day personality <laughs> yeah. Yeah. completely different people. And it just so happened, you know, my personality kind of got things going a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, you know, Rod, I'm sure Dirk and I are very different personality wise, but, you know, all three very capable people, you, you deserve to run your system and run it the way you want to. And, you know, I'm sure this happens with everybody, different people in the community want to gripe a little bit and ask to see if I'm going to say something. And every time I tell him it's Dirk's program, he gets to run it the way he wants to. And he's a great football coach. I'm staying the heck out of the way. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I don't know why people would expect anything different. Uh, not just, oh. not just from you, uh, but from anybody who would do that, I think, uh, I mean, you're a great person. So why would someone expect you to, to trash or to even say anything bad when it's not? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there's, there's coaches who would oh, sure. trash the new coach, Yeah, but you know, I've got a lot of respect for Dirk. Um, you know, I said from the beginning, I, I wanted you, Sam Cotterman or Dirk to, to get the job. And those were the, the three people that I really endorsed and, and Dirk got it. So I'm really, really happy to have him there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good for me too. And, and I talked to, to Todd Sims about it a little bit because he's been through I think he said five head coaches um but I, I have it so it's it's good for me and I try to because I get to see somebody else like how, yeah. how somebody else does it um, different system different yeah. terminology different way of thinking it it just it, it gives you more to think about yeah yeah how how did you when you when you got a head the head coach job at Perrysburg how did you did you already have like, Hey, if I ever get a head coaching job, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to run it. Or was that just like a, a process going through a few years, figuring out like what works and what doesn't work? Um, I had a really good plan of how I wanted to run it. My, my one year as the head coach at Bowser was a disaster. And, and for a lot of reasons, you know, I, I had to kind of clean things up and, and, we, I, we didn't have a whole lot of personnel. Um, there, there were a lot of things that happened there, mm -hmm. but I had an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator when I was there. And the first thing I said was the next chance I get, I'm going to run the offense. And I'm going to run what I want to run. And honestly, that's kind of what helped me get the job is when I got to talk offense and what I wanted to do. It was completely different from what Perrysburg had done in the past. Yeah. So, um, that being said, I was going to be an I formation team and run some option at the time. O'Ray Fatinikin was the quarterback. And once we did that a little bit, we started to tinker with the spread a little bit. And, and it was just that kind of got my football mind going. If we spread people out, you've got an athlete athlete like O'Ray in space and makes it a lot tougher. And from there, we, you know, we gradually went to the spread offense and stayed with it. I remember when you first uh when you talk about uh going to spread and, and, and like the first time people are catching you're like we have nobody that can catch the football yeah yeah that's the thing is the, the, 
Perrysburg had been a two tight end offense, yeah. didn't even have wide receivers for all those years. And when we'd go out and throw pregame before football games, it was almost <laughs> embarrassing. Um, we had guys that we didn't let go out in pregame because they weren't going to catch the ball. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was just years and years of throwing over and over again. You, you know, you know, the process we mm. went through to where we got, eventually we got really good at it. That's what we were known for. But yeah. Um, I remember the first few practices of committing to throwing the ball going, what in the world are we doing here? This is, it looks like a bunch of third graders out there trying to catch the ball. So, uh, eventually it caught on. Can, can I tell you, when, when we did the wing tee when I was there, uh, yeah. with, with coach Frank, when we would throw a pass, we were like, what, yep. <laughs> what are we doing yep. here? Yep. <laughs> I remember talking to Roger when I first got there because I got there right before the season started and he was talking about positions, who was going to take what. And, and I, I was the defensive coordinator and I had tight ends and I asked who had receivers and, you know, Roger being as type A as he has looked right at me, said, we don't have receivers. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have receivers? We've got ends. We don't have receivers. All right. And that was his style and he was really good at it. Yeah. But that's the way everybody else had done it before him. It was two tight ends and you ran the football and played defense. So when we did start that, we had to show, you know, receivers, everything, stance, steps, all those things that they had never done before. So it was literally starting from scratch. Well, even, even, you know, 10, 12 years later, when, when I uh, got the receiver's job that, that was still the beginning that here's how you here's how your stance here's your start and and i learned um through that because being a a junior high coach and then a freshman coach uh especially when i was a freshman coach you could only uh coach so much because you don't have a lot of time uh uh there was only two of us at the time as freshmen so you just we're just trying to learn these plays you know you're gonna step wrong you're gonna do this or that uh, but then going up to varsity, when you have time to go yeah. over like, hey, your foot should be back uh, half an inch or your hand shouldn't be that way. It should be this way. And like, man, this is really, really coaching. Yep. And people don't understand that that's the difference between being OK and being really good is where are your hands? If it's man, where are your hands? If the guy's off, mm-hmm. I, I watched a video on PJ Fleck this week. And he talked an entire video about the top end of two different routes. That's it. Yeah. You know, one that broke one way and one that broke the other and what their footwork was at the top end of these two routes. And he talked forever about it. It was really, really interesting. And people don't get that. They just think that you're just running a route and the quarterback's throwing it out there. And that's just the way it goes. So um, it's really, really technical. Or when the receivers are breaking and they slip. And they're like, oh, he, he he slipped his cleats are bad or whatever. Like, no, he broke on his inside foot and his it yeah. goes right up from underneath them. That's why we yep. teach him not to do that. Yep. And and that's repetition over and over and over again from day one. You you do the the great thing about football is you do the same drills from day one through the season. If you're yeah. really good at what you do, those are your drills you do. Those are the things you teach every day. Mm-hmm. And then that was, uh, and I, we may have talked about this the first time too, but that was forever ago when you told me when I first got there, like, Hey, um, I'm thinking about doing these drills or that. And you just said, do any drills you want. Cause you'll figure out if they're good or not. Uh, yeah. and, and the kids will let you know if they're good or not. Um, yep. It, it's, 
if you get a coach who shows up and doesn't know any drills, that that's that's not good. Then and, and as a head coach, you give him, all right, here's the drills I want, and you teach him exactly. Mm-hmm. I always preferred to have coaches, all right, you show me the drills you want to do. And if they're not good, then I'm gonna step in and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some suggestions and you know, your first year with, with receivers blocking, I stepped in and did some things yes. and it worked really well. Yeah. Um, I've always had the philosophy that you hire really good guys and let them coach. And then if it's not working, then as the head coach, you step in and say, hey, why don't we try it this way mm-hmm. and tweak a few things. But yeah. I always believed in letting my assistant coaches go out and teach their drills. Well, it makes you as an assistant coach, it makes you have more ownership and you want to do, you want to yeah. do these drills because these, these are mine. I'm putting these in not, uh, yep. okay, we'll do this drill because he says to do it. Yep. And, and everything builds off individual drills, leads you to what you're going to do in group, you know, receivers and inside drill. And then that re- leads you to what you're going to do in team and everything builds off each other and, I don't think people get that. I think people think you just go out and run some plays every <laughs> yeah. day and, and call it a day. And that's yeah. not how, that's not how it goes. Uh, one thing, one thing I just thought of, and you may, again, you may not know the answer. I remember when you hired the guy before me, um, before you hired him, just like you talked about you, he was out there showing you drills and doing drills yep. and, and putting through things. When you, um, when you hired me, we, we basically just talked what's was it because I was in the program, knew the system, knew things as, or like, what was the difference in bringing me on the way you did and bringing the, uh, uh, the coach before me on? Yeah. I had watched what you did with the freshman team. Um, I knew your communication skills and I knew if I gave you that job, you would take it really seriously and go out and do your homework and have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the guy that was before you was a college football player and came in with all this information that he had learned there. But when it came down to it and things got really tough, um, he, he didn't do a very good job at getting that across to the kids when times were tough. Mm-hmm. Watching what you did with the freshmen, you had the personality to kind of push through those kinds of things. So mm-hmm. that, that's what I thought was important. I knew you could communicate with the kids. I knew you could get them on board. I just wanted to see you do your homework and be ready to coach the kids. You know, that, that same reason is why my, my boss, well, my former boss who, who took a different job, my former boss told me why I got the job I have now. Is he said, you can talk really well. You can communicate really well. Um, I can show you how to do computer work and, and do the budget and how to do all that stuff. That stuff's easy, but I can't teach communication. And I think for me, whenever I go, I, I interviewed for the job at Perrysburg for the one at Northview. I always lead with that. And, and I think even Northview asked, what would you look for in, a, in assistant coaches? And I said, number one, how do you communicate? How do you talk to the kids? How do you talk to parents? How do you react to kids when they make mistakes? All that's important. And, and I said, I can teach you uh, my plays that I want to run. I can teach you how those things, but I can't teach someone how to uh, react to kids and talk to kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think honestly, teacher, coach, anything where you're working with people, Mm -hmm. that is the most important thing. Can you communicate with them? Can you get them on your, 
on your level and get them to believe in what you're doing. Yeah, because because uh, then nothing would happen if you can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so so this summer coming up now um, would be your second summer without football, and I think the first summer you spent a lot of time at your cottage. Uh, I remember getting uh, several pictures uh, in our coaches group of you just hanging out or in a boat or uh, yeah. with, with a beverage. Uh, is that the, the drink in my hand? Yeah, yeah. Is that the is that the plan again this this year? Yeah, it's kind of like going through your first year of coaching. Now we're going to do the big, the, the new and improved. We, you know, we went through the process once Mm -hmm. and now we, we should have summer down pat at this point. (laughs) Um, really looking forward to it. Hoping I'm pulling the boat out of the barn this weekend and starting to clean it up. And, um, it's still the middle of March in Northwest Ohio, and it's going to break our heart eventually here and go back to some various winter days, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to the lake and getting things ready for spring. You'll put the boat in and do our thing. So we've definitely got a plan. Yeah. What, what was your, the, your first summer? What was your favorite part of being not coaching football anymore? Having unlimited time. <laughs> and that was the crazy, you know, how the time commitment is. Yeah. Um, and I had done that for 37 years straight and you know, you get to uh, all of a sudden that, that first morning when my alarm would have been set at four o'clock in the morning and waking up at eight, Jen was like, that had to feel good. Just knowing that, you know, (laughs) you, you slept an extra four hours and just, you know, having the time to go out and do what I wanted to, there was no, no time schedule, nobody nobody to report to that was fun so that was i'm looking on building on that again this summer uh i don't know how you can build on 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 unlimited time but i'm sure i'm sure you'll find a way yeah (laughs) Um, i've told several people um john bowles the former uh head coach at mommy yeah um and and mommy was really good when he was there and he was a great football coach He's a Bowling Green alum, and I saw him at a, a football alumni golf outing last summer. And he had written me a really cool letter when I when I retired from coaching. And I just went to thank him and said, man, I really looked up to you, and that was pretty cool. And he looked up at me and smiled. And he said, did you wake up in the morning yet and think, how the hell did I get everything done before? I was like, every day. Yeah. Every day you're kind of like in a panic thinking, how did I do all this? Well, it, you just had to do it that way. And now it's just nice to know, well, if I don't get it done, I'll, I'll work on it tomorrow. I've got time. But, but I know, because this is how I feel. I feel now currently, because this is my life now. I know there was not, um, there's not one thought in your mind that you would ever think, I, don't, I wish I wouldn't have done that. No, yeah. no. That was, like I said, it, it went it went as good as it could have and it, it, it was an awesome time coaching and, and really one of the things that kind of defined my adult life. But now I get to sit back and look at that and enjoy and, and do some other things. As I know, uh, this summer, it, my summers have always been busy since my kids got old enough to play sports, but this summer, especially cause, um, Dirk has a pretty full calendar. 
Uh, I am an assistant baseball coach for Mateo's travel baseball team, and I'm the head coach of Lillian's softball team. So, yeah, <laughs> so we always have something going on, but yep. once winter or once, you know, football season rolls around, the kids are pretty much done with stuff. And the winter comes and you think about it, like, man, that sucked at the time, as far as like rushing around doing stuff, but every bit of it was, was awesome. Awesome. It's fun. And the thing is, it makes your days go by, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you're so busy and you're so into what you're doing. The days go by and you kind of look back and think, holy cow, that whole season just flew by. Yeah. It was awesome. So yeah. Yeah. Like like I said, I, I never once dreaded what I was doing. It's just time to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, before I go, uh, before we go, um, besides my dad who coached me, uh, several years in, in baseball uh and um the late great mr henches who coached me a lot in track you three had um made a huge impact on how i coach how i do things um and, and it trickles down to other things too my job or or parenting um but you guys i just want to say thank you because you had such a big impact on what i do uh especially in this community out on the football field um you're you're not there all the time but you are because because of because i'm still out there and like i said i just want to say thank you because because it is a it means a lot and and even to do these kind of things uh for me and with me uh it means a lot that you're there and i know i can go to you if i have uh any any problems or if i'm just dealing with anything in general yeah absolutely and that's an awesome way to think about it that you know talking to you or talking to todd sims or you know, any of my former, you know, Sam Cotterman, any of my former coaches, um, I, I still feel like I'm a part of it because, you know, I had my time with those guys and now you guys get to move on and do your own thing. So yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, that's what you hope as, as a teacher and coach that there's other people out there that feel the same way and that we did a good job with them. And, and now it, it, I get to sit back and enjoy it and I don't have their parents emailing me all the time. So. <laughs> uh, also, uh, I, I'm, I look forward to being at your eventual Hall of Fame ceremony for Perrysburg. Uh, if you need someone to introduce you, uh, let me know. Uh, I'm sure I'll come up with an awesome, a, a good speech That's, for that. So <laughs> That'll be awesome. Uh, uh, you'll be right there. Uh, I'll be I'll be thinking about that. So yeah, can't yeah. wait. Yeah. All right, Coach, uh, thanks again, and uh, enjoy. I'm sure I'll see you, but uh, enjoy your your football-free summer. All right. I'll talk to you later. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for checking out this episode of the Nerdball Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're hearing this on any of the podcatchers. On YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We're kind of coming at you two times a week now, audio and video. Check us out on all the social medias. Just search the Nerdball Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're out there. Uh, Gmail is the Nerdball Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us an email, we'll be happy to get back to you. Thanks to Real JP Multimedia, Cuttlefish Graphics, Perrysburg Junior High STEM Lab, and Big Daddy Graphics for helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.